And so every bit of that 1.2 million was wiped away in the matter of hours. I felt stupid. I felt deflated. I felt panicked, depressed. It was almost as if you had $1.2 million sitting in your living room and you just left the front door to your house open and walked out and went to the park. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends, if you are a fan of Shark Tank, a lot of us are. Our guest may look familiar, recently familiar. Her name is Tanya Van Court, and we here at the Financial Grown Up Podcast, we're so excited to see her and her company, Goal Setter, on the show recently, trying to make her best deal with the sharks. Now, we're not going to spoil the fun by telling you what happened. Gets interesting, though. But if you want to check it out, we will leave a link to her episode of Shark Tank in the show notes, which you can always find at bobbyrebell.com forward slash financial grown up podcast. And we recently did add a search function. So if you go there and you don't see an episode that you are looking for, just look in the search bar, search by the guest's first name or last name or anything about the episode, and you should be able to find it. Let's get to our guest, Tanya Van Court. She is very smart. She even went to Stanford and her current startup goal setter is killing it. But There was a time earlier in her career when she woke up with a net worth of over a million dollars. And then she went to sleep that night with it pretty much all gone. Bye-bye. To make it worse, she could have prevented it and she knew it. Oh my gosh. Sometimes smart people don't do smart things when it comes to money. Are you listening to this? Be honest. Would you have done anything different from her? Tough call, but a great story. Think about that as you listen to this. Here is Tanya Van Court. Hey, Tanya Van Court, you're a financial grown up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. As a parent of a young child, I am obsessed with your company and so excited to have you on. Goal Setter is what it is called. Tell us just briefly what it is. Goal setter is the savings account you wish you had when you were a kid, Bobby. I do. <laughs> it's a platform, though, for to help kids save. It is. It's a savings platform that helps kids sign up to save for goals that they care about, no matter what those goals are. And we let family members and friends give them money towards those goals on birthdays, holidays, and other gift-giving moments instead of just giving them more stuff that they don't want, need, or use. It was inspired, in fact, by your then nine-year-old daughter, which we'll talk more about after we do your money story because you really needed some help when you were starting out as a young adult. I could not believe this when you told me this in our pre-interview. You lost, grown up now, you're now a financial grown up, Tanya Van Court. You lost a million dollars. I did. You couldn't believe it. What happened? I wish I had that money. I could have helped you. What happened? I know. I wish I'd known you. Oh my gosh. So I was 29 years old. It was in the first 
tech boom where all of the Silicon Valley companies had stock that was just you know rising uncontrollably. And I happened to be one of the first 200 employees at a company in Silicon Valley that was doing extraordinarily well. What company? And so the company was called Covat Communications. And before any of the telephone companies or cable companies were offering high-speed data, I had a great job, a meaningful job, and I had a lot of stock that went along with that job. And so I got all this stock in Covat, and some of the stock I couldn't cash out yet, but a lot of the stock I could cash out. So I could have sold that stock and went and diversified my portfolio and bought mutual funds or invested it in many, many stocks as opposed to having it all having all of my eggs sitting in one proverbial basket. But I didn't because it was literally the first stock I had ever known. Uh, so wait, owned. so let's just back it up. So you were given as part of your compensation shares in this company? Did it go public? Where was the stock? Explain exactly what you were given and how it was valued. And did you have opportunities to sell it? So yes, I had opportunities to sell the stock, many opportunities. The company had gone public. And so I had the opportunity to sell the stock when the company went public. I had the opportunity to sell this uh, or not exactly when it went public because, you know, we had a, a certain window, but that window had passed. And so I had many opportunities to sell the stock, but I had no idea that I should sell the stock. The stock kept going up and I thought, wow, this is great. The stock just doubled in the past you know, six months, I should just hold on to it. And I guess it will double again. At its peak, what was the value of this stock? And how old were you at that time? So I was 29. And the value of the stock at its peak was about $1.2 million. And at that time, how did you feel? You know, I was so excited because since I came from a household of two parents who were elementary school educators, all I ever wanted to do was make a difference in the world. And I knew that having that $1.2 million in my late 20s was going to enable me to make different choices and different life decisions to help people and to give back instead of, you know, just working in corporate America and doing things that were were kind of interesting to me, but weren't impactful to other people. So I felt free, Bobby. I felt really free and empowered. So you're 29 years old. You have stock that on paper is worth $1.2 million. What happened then? The big dot-com bust happened literally in hours, stock just started to tank for company after company after company. And so I watched the stock literally go from being in the teens, each share was was trading in the teens, to trading for less than a dollar. And when I say less than a dollar, it went from the teens to like 50 cents in a course of a few hours. And so every bit of that 1.2 million was wiped away in the matter of hours. Wow. Yeah. And how did you feel then? And then I felt stupid. I felt deflated. I felt panicked, depressed. It was almost as if you had $1.2 million sitting in your living room and you just left the front door to your house open and walked out and went to the park, right? It was like, wait a minute. I, I had been living this life and treating this money so casually as if it would always be there. As you say, it was the dot-com bus. So this was happening to everyone. It was happening to everyone. And it's interesting because while I suffered a tremendous loss with that stock that I could have diversified, 
what I still had was I still had a home that I owned. I had bought a condo and I still had that. And what I found with many of my colleagues who experienced that same bust is that they had actually leveraged their stock to buy lots of other things. So they bought cars and they bought multiple houses. And so because they had borrowed against that stock, once the crash happened, they then had to pay back the money that they had borrowed by going and selling off all of their assets, including the assets that they had come to the company with. So if they came to the company with a big million dollar home in Silicon Valley that was passed down to them from their parent or that they had worked really hard in a previous company to be able to buy, now all of a sudden, they not only lost all of their stock, they lost every other asset that they had because they had to pay back loans that they had made against their stock. So what is the takeaway for our listeners from this experience? Oh my gosh, diversify, diversify, diversify. Don't ever put all of your money into one basket. I don't care if that basket is a real estate basket and you have found a you know hot booming real estate market that's working really well for you. And so you're like, let me just buy it more apartments here in X place or more houses here in X place. Don't do that. Diversify your money. If you're, you know, if you have found that your golden goose is a stock that is doing really well, don't do that. Diversify your money. I mean, you really have to weigh and measure your risk and think about the worst case scenarios. And if that particular company, if something happens to that company, if something happens to, you know, that area of town that you're investing in and every asset you have goes underwater, what happens? to your entire portfolio. Let's go to your everyday money tip because this is something that is effectively free and very eco-friendly, by the way. Absolutely. So my everyday money tip is actually a money tip that kind of goes back to my time in college. I would always watch people who I don't happen to drink, but I would watch people who would do progressives where they went from one bar to another or one restaurant to another and like progressively partied from one place to the next. Like the party would follow them. Like a group of people would go and they'd hang out in one place and they do that for 20 minutes and then they go and hang out in another place. And I thought, wouldn't that be fun if we did that just with our friends and did it in order to swap and exchange stuff that we no longer needed at our respective homes. So look, we all look in our homes and we go, there are 10 things here that I don't use anymore, that I don't need. If you happen to have kids, there may be things that your kids don't use anymore, your kids don't need. If you happen to be a sports fan, there may be equipment that you don't use anymore. You know, hey, I'm I'm not golfing as much as I used to anymore. So there, there are things in all of our homes that we don't want or we don't need. And so it's a great way of getting together with five or six friends, scheduling it on a Saturday and going to each other's houses where you put everything that you don't want in your living room and it becomes a virtual shopping spree. I love, first of all, that it's social. And I love also, it's always delicate because when you want to give to somebody something that maybe you don't need anymore, it's an awkward thing to give them something that you don't want because it's kind of like, oh, you're giving me your, your leftovers. But if you just put it there and they can just decide to take it, then it takes away that sort of negativity and makes it a positive thing. It absolutely does. And I think it makes it a positive thing for everyone. Like you're super happy to get rid of it, but they're super happy to get it. 
All right, let's talk about Goal Setter because it was inspired by your then nine-year-old daughter because she wasn't getting what she wanted. She was getting like make-your-own gum kits and stuff like that. <laughs> What's up with that? Do we really need to make our own gum? We don't, and no, she didn't. we shouldn't even chew she- gum. It's bad for kids' teeth, sorry. <laughs> As a, uh, My child has braces now, so exactly. no gum. That's right. No make-your-own gum, no make-your-own chocolate, no make-your-own candy crystals, and oh trust me. She got all of the above. And, you know, the the truth is that people are really well-intentioned when they want to give your kid a gift, but no one knows what to get kids for gifts. Um, We polled 500 moms across the country, Bobby, and these are moms from all socioeconomic backgrounds. Two out of three told us that their kids have too much stuff and they wish there were a better way to give and receive gifts because all kids have too much stuff. So look, people are well-intentioned, but they just don't know what to get a kid on a birthday or a holiday or another gift-giving moment. And so with Goal Setter, we let kids sign up for goals, any goals they want in three big categories, saving for their future, sharing with others, or spending on things or experiences that really matter to them. And then family members and friends can give them goal cards instead of gift cards on birthdays, holidays, and other gift-giving moments. So it's real money towards real dreams and kids can watch their savings grow and actually see, wow, this is what it means to save for something that you want. So it's teaching kids these great, healthy financial habits, but it's also letting them get something that really matters to them. I love it. And it makes total sense with your background because we didn't really say this at the beginning, but your background is you were kind of the brains behind some of Nickelodeon's websites, where, by the way, this is going to be a tester for my little brother. You worked with my little brother, John. So we're going to give John a little shout out and see if John really does listen to the Financial (laughs) Grown-Up Podcast. (laughs) I love it. Hi, John Rebel. All right. So where can people find out more about you and about Goal Setter? Absolutely. So people can go to goalsetter.co. On social media, people can find out more about me at at T Van Court on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also find me and Goal Setter. Uh, Goal Setter is at Goal Setter Co. on Instagram, at Goal Setter Co. on Twitter, and Goal Setter on Facebook. Love it. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks for having me. All right, Tanya messed up. She knows it, but she wasn't alone during the dot-com bust. She had a ton of company, like pretty much everyone. Financial grown-up tip number one. One thing Tanya mentioned that stood out is that while she lost money that she had on paper, I know it still hurts a lot. Others had leveraged against their stock gains and lost so much more. So in addition to her advice to diversify, we also want to be very careful when borrowing against actual assets. Do not over leverage. Financial grown-up tip number two. This holiday season, take it a step further than what Tanya was talking about. So think carefully about the physical stuff that you are buying for other people, not just children. Unwanted gifts are a total waste of money. There are so many new ways that technology is allowing us to give differently. So apps like Goals that are great, especially for kids that have too much stuff, but when you want to send a physical gift, and sometimes this is even for business purposes, there are new services like Gift Now. that's my personal new favorite that I'm obsessed with. Basically, the way that one works is that instead of a boring gift certificate, you virtually send someone a specific gift from a retailer to their email so you don't need their physical address. You don't have to send them an email asking, where should I send this? Who will receive it? Blah, blah, blah. 
It opens in a virtual gift box and they can select their size. So you don't have to be guessing. They can change the color. You, If you don't know what color they want, they can even exchange it all before it gets delivered. So you don't have the whole hassle of the return and all that stuff. I just used it for my friend's baby's one-year birthday. It was so great to not have to carry a gift to the party, not worrying about it getting lost in the pile, and to know that my friend could swap it out without me even knowing it, not worrying if she would hurt my feelings, if she didn't love the fabulous dress that I got her daughter. But then again, you can never have too many little frilly little girl dresses, right? I'm sure it was a huge hit. Hopefully she liked it, but if she exchanged it, that's okay. All right. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Please subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes, especially the new bonus ones that have great money savings tips. We have some amazing guest co-hosts coming up. We love reviews. If you have a moment to go to iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Oh, iTunes is now Apple Podcasts. Sorry about that. But both work for reviews. We love them. And definitely be in touch on all the social channels, Instagram, Bobby Rebel one Twitter, Bobby Rebel, and Facebook, Bobby Rebel, LinkedIn, Bobby Rebel Kaufman, all good things. Be in touch. And thanks to Tanya Van Court of Goal Setter for all of her wisdom and helping us get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.